And then I'm going to hit this button right here. And we are ready to go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Bill. That's Lloyd. This is StadiaCast. What's going on, Lloyd? Not much, man. It is. It, it, we're going through uh, just a, an incredible uh, heat thing here in Manitoba where we had 100 degree weather uh, like two days ago in may or well sorry end of may start of june that never happens we we do get 40 degree weather like winnipeg is weird where we have plus 40 and negative 40 uh celsius uh so we go through that much weather that much of a range of weather in a year and uh in winnipeg it hit 38 degrees in a place just outside winnipeg it hit over 40 degrees which is well over 100 degrees fahrenheit it's been absolutely insane but man am i spending so much time outside with my new iPad and keyboard and gaming. And it's just been, it's been a wonderful uh, way to, to play some games, but um, I could do without this heat uh, this early in the year. Well, you see, here's the problem for you, for you, Lloyd, I'm going to give you a little tiny bit of science knowledge Uh, because you are so close to the center of a large landmass. You Mm -hmm. don't have the moderating uh, low or high specific heat water to make the temperature changes happen slowly yep so that that's that's what's happening there um and it also we're not here to that talk I have, about that what's that it doesn't help that i have a big ass beard and i'm actually getting neck sweat for the first time ever apparently that's the thing when you have a beard so i may have to cut this thing down because i i um, i i know i i don't like that at all <laughs> so uh heat plus beard equals unhappy lloyd so we'll have to see what we can do but i'm gaming while doing it so it's not all bad yeah all right. Well, I, it reminds me of when I was in uh, in the army in airborne school in Georgia, and you, you would just sweat immediately oh, God, yeah. upon getting out of the shower. So uh, that's mm-hmm. what it's reminding me of. All right, Lloyd, what mm-hmm. have you been playing, man? Man, Next it has sweat. been it has been <laughs> it has been a interesting interesting week of gaming across all the different platforms I use. Uh, playing some Commodore sixty four games. Uh, with my son, which is weird. I've uh, been playing some Evercade stuff, been playing some Nintendo Switch, been playing some Xbox, and I've been playing a game that I've been so looking forward to after seeing the original trailer on Stadia, and that is Blue Fire. Um, I, I played a, a bit of that game, uh, I don't know, good, good hour and a half maybe. Uh, I really, really, really like uh, Blue Fire. Um, for anybody that hasn't checked it out, because it is a... Um, a switch or a switch it is a stadia pro title uh you can just download it if you have stadia pro um it it is a platformer uh it's it's almost like an action rpg platformer kind of game uh where you are uh, w- with a little bit of metroidvania in it so you are going through getting different powers that uh, then allow you to explore this castle looking thing uh you get into some fights with enemies you're picking up loot uh which is in the form of um currency of some form it looks like and some other things there's a lot of the game that still hasn't become um apparent to me yet um but when you wake up in the game it's very much it's it's almost like it's out of breath of the wild and when you first go down the first hallway it is very much like a breath of the wild game with like this kind of black and red glowing corruption on the walls Mm. um and then uh, as you get a little bit further, um, another guy comes and talks to you and says, hey, yeah, you think you're new here. I, I didn't think there was any more of you and um, I'm going to help you, but I can't help you right now. And then he disappears. So it to me, it feels very much like a mixture of Breath of the Wild for the aesthetics and Celeste for the platforming, because the game is very much about 
crossing huge gaps that have instant death uh, pits or spikes or something else. And then you have to, um, you basically have to use the uh, the shoulder buttons to do your little dashes and things like that. So I'm I'm really really enjoying Blue Fire. Um, if I did have one, um, I don't know, I don't want to call it a complaint because it's really not a complaint, but it's something that I kind of wish was there. There doesn't appear to be any sort of map or any sort of wayfinding system. So um, I did this one thing where I went to a room and grabbed a thing um, and came out and. I expected the way forward to open up. It didn't. Uh, so maybe maybe that's part of the game. Maybe that's just start uh, part of the uh, the initial um, part of the game. But uh, I'm really enjoying Blue Fire uh, so much so that uh, I'm planning on a stream probably Tuesday, uh, and we may even have a, a copy of the game to give away to the people that come out and watch that stream. Bill, so I, I really really dig this game, and uh, I think more people need to play it because it is. It could be something special. I'm not all the way through it. I haven't beaten it, um, but it it just feels so fun and responsive. It, it even has those little, it has these like challenge towers sort of thing, just like in Breath of the Wild when you'd have you you'd get these things that would come out of the ground and you'd go inside and you'd have a challenge dungeon. Uh, Blue Fire has these little challenge dungeons by these little little cubes that are kind of floating there, and when you go there. Uh, go up to it. It says, hey, do you want to jump into this challenge? And you get between one and five stars or whatever when you complete it. So it has all these components of games that I really love uh, with a really awesome um, soundtrack and, uh, and and just feel as you're making your way through the game. Um, and I'm really, really, really digging Blue Fire. You know, I, I did play a little bit of it and I ran into an issue. It's the same issue that uh, Charles in chat was, was saying. The control, I just don't like the controls. It feels floaty is the way that i have described it and that's yeah. the same word that that charles used it 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 feels like i am i i can't wrap my head around how to really control the character and i mm. i don't know i, I mean you, this is really says more about me than it does the game did but you play we a lot have of access to so many games right now right that if a game doesn't like just absolutely nail it in the first five minutes. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go play something else. Because, I mean, when I was a kid, I would overcome those bad controls. Not, right. not that it's bad controls. It's controls that I don't like. But I would overcome controls that I don't like in order to play a game because I didn't have a choice. I had two games right. a year that I was probably able to play uh, that, that I wasn't borrowing from a friend. So... Yeah, you know, when you ended yeah. up buying a, a game, you stuck with it no matter what. Uh, these days, I just have so much to play that as soon as I was playing Blue Fire and I was like, well, I don't like the way that these controls are set up. And it's not about mm -hmm. the mapping because you can remap the controls. And I do appreciate it when yeah. uh, publishers or I'm sorry, developers uh, put stuff like that in the <laughs> game. But it yeah. just felt weird. And I didn't why, like so I ended up moving on to some other game. What were you saying? <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought thought you were breaking for me. Uh, who uses Y as a back button? That to me, that's my big complaint. Oh my of the game. god, yes, you can't hit E to hit back. It's really weird. Um, one question for you: Did you play a lot of Celeste at all? Um, I well, I, I define a lot. I probably put like four or five hours into it. Okay, 
to me the uh, the floaty platforming feels exactly like Celeste where you have um full control over your character while you're in the air and you can um the the nice thing about the boost is if you just tap the boost button you do like a half boost if you hold um if you hold down the boost button you go a little bit further um so that took me a little bit to kind of get used to in in one of the platforming sections that I got to um if you held the button down fully you would boost right off the other side of the ledge. Uh, so so the platform you're going to, you would just sail right over top of it. But if you did like a half boost, just by tapping it, you would land right on the platform. So there's a little bit of finesse that you have to do as you're kind of learning your skills in the game. Um, I understand why people are saying that it's floaty, um, and and I fully fully get that. Um, it didn't bother me as much, um, but yeah, to each their own for sure. I You know, it all depends on... Saying that it's floaty isn't... I don't think it's a good enough... Yeah. way to describe it because you know you play a mario game mario games are floaty you compare sure. mario to mega man mega man falls like a stone mario floats all over the place you have a lot of control of, of that particular character and those are right. some of the best platformers in the world this one just it's a different kind of floatiness that i personally didn't like so don't take what i'm saying and like go from that and say, all right, well, I'm out. Um, try it for yourself because you might find that it's it's awesome for you and you really like it. I have a... There are certain games where as soon as I touch controls and they feel a certain way and I can't really yeah. describe it, I'm immediately out. Games like Hello Neighbor. Like my son wanted me to play Hello Neighbor. I hate the yeah. controls in the game, so I won't play it. Um, right. uh, Human Fall Flat. I don't like Human Fall Flat. Why don't I like that game? Because of the controls. There was another right. one, a totally reliable delivery service where like you would pick stuff up and move it and it was all noodly. And what was the one where you're putting out fires? Um, Ember. Yeah, Ember. It was another game that I didn't like the 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 controls, so I'm immediately out. And I don't know, Blue Fire just kind of landed there with me. Yeah, yeah, it's I I I hundred percent understand understand that. Um, I, I guess all I can say to people that are watching, uh, I'm planning on getting a first look up soon. Um, it should have been out earlier, but this week's been a bit of a of a write off for me. Um, we'll get a first look out. We're gonna do a stream on Tuesday. I'm gonna get that scheduled as soon as I know when I'm gonna have time to do that and um and check it out but if you're already pro just just play the game there's no Absolutely. downloads there's no patches there's no anything you can feel it for yourself just know that there isn't a lot of um hand holding with this game so you might be a little bit lost um and it has kind of to me it has kind of the puzzle elements from like a um um I don't know, as, as uh, the older 3D Zelda games where it wasn't as handholdy. You would throw a switch and you'd hear like a ka-chunk because a door opened. But it, it's not readily apparent where that door was. So you have to kind of remember, oh, yeah, there was a door two rooms ago. Maybe it opened that one. And then you kind of go back to it. And sure enough, that door is open. That is very much what this game is more like um, as compared to, say, a Breath of the Wild where you knew where you were going you had a lot of choice on where to go but when you were in like a dungeon you knew exactly where to go in that dungeon when you flipped a switch it kind of led you to where that door was this one feels more like a um i don't know an, an older uh, maybe like a majora's mask era 3d zelda game where there's some things that happen in the world and you have to kind of memorize kind of where things are that's why i wish there was like a better ma a, a mapping system of some sort i can't find one maybe you get a 
get a power in the future where it gives you a map i don't know that would be really nice um but uh but yeah i'm, I'm really enjoying it what a what a surprise um for a game that came kind of out of nowhere and um is just so enjoyable for me yeah and you mentioned that it's on stadia pro so the game that i've been playing more of this week is also a stadia pro game and that's chronos uh before the ashes now i already had this when it came to stadia pro but stadia but the, the the fact that it was now on Stadia Pro reminded me to play it <laughs> right. again. So, man, I forgot how good this game is. It's so cool. And, and I forgot about all of the cool leveling mechanics that it has. So in the game, well, first off, it's a Souls-like game. Uh, the combat very much feels Souls-like where, you know, you've got your shield on your left bumper. Right. Uh, a parry button with the the left trigger, uh, light attacks with the uh, right bumper, and heavy attacks with the um, the right trigger. And uh, as as you play this game, the combat is very tough. You don't get you you have to start to learn how uh, the enemies will fight, and they do a lot of damage to you if you don't either block or avoid their attacks. And when you like the reason I'm telling you this is death is inevitable. And because death is inevitable, the developers did this cool thing where every time you die, you get older. So you start out, you're like 18 or whatever you die. It brings you back to life at the last little like um, stone that you went to. And now you're now you're uh, 19 Uh, and you get abilities based on your age. So as you progress through the game and you've died a certain number of times, you get to a certain spot and you're like, okay, well, at age 40, I unlock this. At age 20, I unlocked this. And I think that that is incredibly cool. And then they also have like a leveling system. So as you, you know, kill enemies, you get XP and then that XP... Uh, levels you up and then you can take some attribute points and decide all right well I want to put some points into strength so that I can do more damage with strength based weapons I want to put points into vitality so that I have more hit points and I can live longer Uh, or maybe you want to put points into arcane so that your magic attacks do more damage or dexterity so that your dexterity weapons um, do more damage but it's it's a fantastic game and i've forgotten how beautiful it is too it's such an incredibly cool art style uh i don't even know how to describe it i wish that i had some video to queue up right now so people could (laughs) see what it looks like but it's another stadia pro game and so if you're subscribed to stadia pro you've got two very very different games to choose from in addition to moto gp and uh what was the other one um I'm, I was just trying to open up my Stadia to um, to see because I forget which one it is. There's there was those two. There was MotoGP. Oh, Legend and, of oh, the, the other one that I was going to try, a Legend of Heroes: Trials of Cold Steel Three. Ah, that's the one. Yeah, that's right. I still haven't tried that one, and I need to. Uh, but I got I kind of got sucked into playing Chronos, so I haven't had a chance <laughs> to sit down and play that. Yeah, it's uh, uh, my my Stadia library has kind of been uh, blown up uh over the last little bit because of a new story that we're gonna be talking about right away so it's hard to find out what i've played recently because of all the new stuff that was added uh do we want to should i talk about that now really quickly you you did a segue segue it up 
segue it up. Um, so Ubisoft Plus is now available in more than just the US. It's available in the UK and some other areas, and it's also available in Canada. So I went um, I went into my settings and uh, made sure that my Ubisoft account was linked and did all that stuff. And then I went into, I think it was stadia.com slash Ubisoft Plus or something like that, whatever the, the link was. And it said, hey, uh, it's now available in your area. Do you want to sign up? I hit yes. Uh, it, it It's like, okay, are you sure you want to sign up? Yes. It's going to be 20 bucks a month because I'm in Canada. I said, yes. It uh, did the charge. And then immediately all of the Ubisoft games I didn't already own, which is about three of them, uh, to be quite honest, um, <laughs> a- appeared in my library. And I'm like, holy crap, that was super easy. And then I went into my settings. I went to my Ubisoft subscription. And I hit cancel and it canceled. It is so amazing how well integrated these two services are right into the dashboard of Stadia. Um, and then about uh, five minutes later, uh, I think it was Kodiak Moonwolf uh, said, hey, don't sign up on uh, on Stadia. If you go right to the website, you can get it for five bucks. And I'm like, no. Oh. I was like, ah, damn. Okay. So your first month, there's a deal right now uh, for the new areas that are supported with Ubisoft Plus. So anyway, that was a long story to say that there there are a crap ton of games now that you have access to. Um, you drop twenty a $20 subscription, you get access to every Ubisoft game for a month. Um, so I'm going to jump into a game uh, like Ghost Recon Wildlands, a game that I've wanted to play for a while, but... Uh, don't have any friends playing it currently because it's an old game, so I didn't really want to buy it uh, and play with nobody. Now I don't have to buy it. Uh, well, I guess I did with that $20 charge. for I rented it for a month. So I'm going to jump into that, uh, jump into Watch Dogs 2. Um, what an amazing service and what an amazing integration. Um, there's some... There, there's some other things about Ubisoft Plus that we don't know yet. Um, at the bottom of one of the articles, it says there might... There, um, this is a beta uh, outside of the beta there may be a cloud service charge who knows what that means does that mean that on stadia you're going to need uh to be a pro member to use ubisoft plus does that mean there's going to be an additional charge for people that are just playing on the cloud and not playing with download games we don't um we don't really know but um it's it's pretty cool i, I know this is old news for a large chunk of our audience because there are us people that have had access to it for a while on both uh, Luna and on Stadia, um, but this is the first time I've had access to it, and I'm pretty impressed with how well this integration works. Like, it's cool that you you click subscribe, and it's like, okay, you've subscribed, and then all of a sudden, every Ubisoft game is in your library, like, without doing anything. It just appears there, uh, which is a, a pretty cool thing to see. So let's talk about this. Um, this it, It's in beta, and when it, it, specifically, so Kodiak Moonwolf posted this in chat, or not in chat, but in our community Discord, link down below, by the way. Um, it says, Cloud gaming access will be available with Ubisoft Plus subscription until the end of beta at no additional cost. After the beta, cloud gaming access will require an additional monthly fee. So that's what Lloyd was just talking about. I just wanted to get the actual wording there. Yep, thank you for that. Here's the question that I have. Um, okay, so first off... What do you think the reasoning is behind behind that additional fee? I don't know. I, I really don't know what this could... Po- like, what is the fee for? Is it a fee that you pay to the place where you're playing it? Is it, is it an additional level of Ubisoft Plus that Ubi is going to charge themselves? I, it, it's not clear. I, I've, um, I've done some searching for more information and... Um, 
I couldn't find it. So I don't think anybody really knows what that means right now. Um, if if nothing else, it could just be Ubisoft is basically just putting that out there so that if they decide in the future that this model isn't working, that they can then uh, charge you an extra five bucks a month to do the cloud streaming. Um, I'm not really sure what it means, but um, I, I'm I'm curious. And I know that if they're going to charge you more to play on Stadia than they already are, that's going to that's probably going to reduce the want to do that for a lot of people. Um, so I, I think they're going to have to uh, walk a fine line here if they are planning on charging for um, for cloud access, because that is one of the big things about Ubisoft Plus. They said you can play the games locally. You're going to be able to play the games uh, across Stadia and Luna. Uh, no additional charge, or at least that was one of the original messaging. I don't know if they originally said without additional charge, but they definitely never said that there's going to be an additional charge. So you can make assumptions there when they come out with their PR blast. So um, that's the problem with beta. Uh, things change. You never know kind of what you're buying into when you're into beta. And I'm eager to see kind of where this goes as they... Um, kind of solidify what they want to do with the ubisoft plus service and, and people are people in chat are saying things along the lines of it's so that google can still get their cut because if you subscribe to ubisoft plus but you don't subscribe to stadia pro and you just play ubisoft games then google isn't making any money and while that's right. true i think that mm. there's deals behind the the scenes i'm sure there's there's saying like what, what this could be, sorry to cut you off, Go ahead. Uh, th this is just a quick thought I had. If you sign up through Stadia, you pay what, what you pay. If you sign up through the Ubisoft website, maybe there's an additional charge because they want to grab that money and send it to uh, Luna and Stadia. Maybe that's all that they mean. But until they come and clarify that, we, we don't really know. Yeah, and, and so here's my next question. If I am subscribed to Stadia Pro and I subscribe to Ubisoft Plus, do I still get charged that cloud service fee yeah. once the beta is over yeah good question that is a really good question uh, hopefully hopefully they can clarify that really soon because i've seen a lot of questions about that in the community uh, and then here's my last question this one's specifically to you how much is how much is too much for the cloud fee uh, for me it costs me 20 bucks a month to get into ubisoft plus my 12.99 or whatever it is for stadia pro that is already too much for me. Uh, if Ubisoft wants to charge more than 20 bucks, I'm out, uh, except for maybe the odd drop-in to play a new Ubisoft game with, so I don't have to pay $80 to play it. Um, I, this is not a service that I can ever see myself signing up to for an extended period of time. This will be kind of like a drop-in, play this game, uh, jump, maybe play some Far Cry Primal <laughs> because that's going to drop on the service in some point and then, and then drop out. Um, that'll be kind of how I use Ubisoft plus. Um, I don't really see myself ever subscribing to this month in and month out. It just doesn't have the value for me uh, because as I said, I, I own like all the stuff, um, already. So this doesn't really have offer value to me right now. Maybe in the future when they keep dropping new games, Far Cry 6, all that other stuff, maybe it'll become uh, something that I want to keep signed into or, or paying for. Um, as it is right now, 20 bucks is is more than I want to pay. So uh, I'm going to ask chat the same question and then we'll move on to other stories. How much do you think is too much for them to add as the, the cloud thing? I was thinking like two bucks. Sure. Like two bucks above the regular price, I would probably be okay with. Although I don't yep. subscribe to Ubisoft Plus and I've been able to forever <laughs> because I don't really care about most of their games. Most of their games aren't for me anyway. So 
as as I'm as much as everybody's excited about um, the fact that they prob they finally are able to um, use their Ubisoft Plus subscription on Stadia uh, outside the U.S., I just don't really care because I I'm not interested in those games. Yeah, I I agree. It could be something as simple as. Uh, it's 15 bucks a month for you in the US, but if you've ever bought in-app purchases, you you lock in at that price for a year or something. Like they could do something fun just to encourage other purchasing. Um, they, they could do a lot of things. Uh, the the thing is we just don't know right now. So hopefully they can clarify that in the near future because it's kind of weird that they announced this great service and they're partnering with these cloud gaming companies and it's going to be great. And then all of a sudden there's a, there's a little footnote saying, hey, there's going to be more charge if you want to play on the cloud. Um, we'll let you know. Uh, it just seems kind of kind of weird to do it that way. Yeah, uh, let's talk about uh, they along with Ubisoft Plus now being available outside of the U.S. with Google Stadia. They also announced that a bunch of Ubisoft games are on their way: uh, Assassin's yeah. Creed Four, Black Flag, Assassin's Creed Rogue, Assassin's Creed Three Remastered, Far Cry Four, Far Cry Primal, Far Cry Three, Rainbow Six Siege, Child of Light, and Rayman Legends. What's the first one that you played, Lloyd? You forgot the most the most expensive one, which is uh, or the mo- most expensive one, the most uh, I- interesting one, which is Far Cry Blood Dragon. That game is fantastic. I can't wait to play that one. Isn't again. that Far Cry uh, three? It's Far Cry three Blood Dragon. It's um, it's an add on just like uh, Primal is an add on to Far Cry four. And um, there's the add on to Far Cry five, which I'm blanking on right now. It's kind of like they oh, make okay. a full game and then they have kind of like a spin off game in using the same engine and assets and things like that. Uh, the game that I'm most um the mo- that i most want to play is far cry primal i never did beat that game i had rented it back when that was a thing you could still do um there was a service in or a place in winnipeg that was renting games for a little while uh i rented it didn't complete it and then had to turn it back and always meant to pick it up on sale and i never did uh so i might go might go through and and complete it on uh on stadia because there's no downloads man i could just jump into it i could decide to play it one day 30 seconds later i'm playing far cry primal which is uh which is a very fun video game if you want to be a, a cave person and kill woolly mammoths and saber uh tigers. It's uh, <laughs> it's quite the fun, quite the fun little video game. So, in addition to uh, all that stuff, they also talked about um, Ubisoft's presentation, their E three presentation, which is on June twelfth, uh, where I I assume that. You know, Yves uh, Guillemot is going to be up on. I, sorry if I pronounced the guy's name wrong, but <laughs> if, if I assume he's going to be uh, giving his presentation and he's going to say, and you can play Rainbow Six Siege on Google Stadia right now. What's your over under on that? What do you think, man? I think that has to happen. I, I, I can't see a future where that doesn't happen or an E3 presentation where that doesn't happen. That seems like a big win. People have been asking for that game forever on Stadia. And if they could just say, hey, yeah, here, click this link. We're dropping it in chat. You can play uh, you can play Rainbow Six Siege right now on Stadia with a, a free weekend. You don't even have oh, to nice. sign up for an account. Like something like that would be just the perfect way. Like Stadia is kind of the only service right now where you can do that, where they can come out with a demo that is available immediately with a, a free play weekend through a link that is available immediately. Uh, and they just drop it in chat like that. That would be huge. Although I don't know if they really want to like 
draw people out of their chat and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and into playing a video game. Maybe they won't do that, but maybe they'll do it right at the end. By the way, we're done. Thank you. Uh, oh, 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 I can't remember the stuff that Eve's, Eve's, uh says at the end of all of his stuff. He, he does this thing at the end. I can't remember what it is. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. I could say, uh, I could see him say, yep, you can play it right now. Just click this link. We're dropping it in chat. Thank you. See you next year. Walk off. And then everybody is jumping in and playing Rainbow Six Siege on their, their Stadia service. For, for and all you need for free and all you need is a, a gmail account uh, it, that's exactly. perfect like these big gaming events stadia is tailor-made for these big gaming events yeah. where you have e3 and they have like demos available where the press can go and try these things out but most of us don't get to check that stuff out we don't get to fly out to la and spend thousands of dollars on hotel and and uh flights and stuff like that and yep you know, go to the the conference to to check this stuff out as much as I'd love to, but Stadia could easily, like, say, oh, and it, you know, everything that's at E3, I'm talking about in the future, obviously not right now, but everything that's at E3 is on our special Stadia.com/slash/E3 uh, URL. Yeah. You could just go there, and a- anybody can try those games doesn't yep. cost you anything and then at the end of e3 you just shut it off and they like now they're all gone and people can't do that anymore uh do the same thing around the game awards they kind of tried to do something like that with that. the game awards with steam yeah uh, a, a little bit ago but it it i mean it just didn't land because you have to download the games ahead of time uh, and that's the and, thing and it just doesn't work that well and it was it was mostly more independent style titles, which mm-hmm. isn't isn't a isn't bad. Uh, but when they're like, yeah, we're having this uh, game awards, um, Steam thing where you can download all these demos, um, you, people would expect to play some of the, the the games that were won awards, and that didn't happen. Um, because in the real world, if I'm if I'm a developer, if I'm if I'm working on uh, the next Far Cry. And I come up with a PC demo and I or a console-based demo. I have to release a chunk of the game with data inside of it. We know that when we release it as a company into the world, people are going to be poking through all the code, looking for stuff, looking for spoilers, looking for uh, for additional features that haven't been announced. They don't have to worry about that on Stadia. They could they could basically have the full game, um, but only give you an hour and just drop it on Stadia. They don't have to do any 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 like they don't have to clean data that they don't want people to see because there's no data that you can see. You can't take that executable and break it apart like Gem does with the APKs. You can't do that on Stadia. So demos may be even easier for these developers in the future. And I'd love to see that happen a a lot more where uh, even months out from when a game is going to launch, just have a Stadia Stadia demo that's live for a week. And once you're done playing it, it disappears from your library. And that's that. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, move on from that. And we talked about um, uh, Blue Fire. Uh, Along with the announcement of Blue Fire, they also talked a little bit about Ease 9, uh, which is coming. We finally have a date for that. It's coming on uh, July 6th. Have you played Ease 8? Um, I've played a very small chunk of that on Nintendo Switch back in the day. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that game very much reminded me of another Nintendo Switch game, um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, right. Very much reminded me of that, almost like a light version of that. And that's probably insulting to the developers or something, and, and that's not right. how I mean it. Uh, but it de- it definitely 
had a vibe of reminding me of that style of game. Uh, and I played not a, not a lot of it, but what I did play was definitely enjoyable. Uh, enough so that I'm excited to check out Ease 9 when it comes to Stadia on uh, July 6th. Uh, it says here, join Adol as the secrets of the prison city engulf him in the supernatural allies and an age-old struggle between uh, day and night. This is a JRPG, but it's an action-based JRPG, which is very different than the other um, Stadia Pro game this month, which was it, um, Trials of Cold Steel, which is a turn-based JRPG. So if you are somebody who's interested in JRPGs, you've got... Stadia has a lot of choices for, for that genre right now. We've got yeah. Dragon Quest, we've got Octopath, we've got Final Fantasy, we've got the Ease games, we've got Trials of Cold Steel. This is yep. a really good, good system if you are interested in JRPGs and being able to play them on any screen. We went from having no RPGs on Stadia to having pretty much all of the all the RPGs that have come out over the last couple of years for the most part, all the big ones. Um, it's it's a pretty great service for that. The good thing about RPGs is they, they oftentimes take 100 hours and uh, maybe you have an hour because you're you're on lunch and you want to sit outside on your phone and play a game and you obviously don't have your PlayStation with you or your Xbox with you or your Switch with you or you, I guess you could have your Switch with you, but whatever. Um, you just pop into Stadia and and play these huge games like Dragon Quest 11 is huge it is a huge game and there's a lot of grinding you have to do you can jump you can go to slime island and spend an hour on your lunch just just destroying metal slimes and getting your experience up and then put your phone away and you're done um it's it's pretty awesome to see all these uh really great uh huge jrpgs come to the service it's especially good for the turn-based ones because you can play yeah. a turn-based JRPG with a phone, no no problem. You don't even have exactly. to bring a controller with you. Uh, there's been a couple times where I've told myself, you know what, I'm going to bring one of my Stadia controllers with me, and then I can uh, during you know when I when I have some free time, I'm going to sit down and play on my on my tablet or something. I never do because it's just too much of a hassle to get out the tablet, set it up, get my uh, right. phone out get get it connected uh it's just easier if i wanted to do something quick to just use my phone it would be much easier to do it that way uh right most games you can't play that way uh playing a jrpg with uh turn-based combat you can play like that forever like that's super easy um although i will say like the the idea that we have this the, the weird thing with with stadia it's um it was like leaked that you're gonna be able to use your phone as a controller yep like that's so weird to me mm -hmm. like how do you how do you feel about that I well we're old uh bill you and you and I we're old people we grew up with one button Atari joysticks when you wanted to control a game you had a physical chunk of plastic and rubber in front of you mm -hmm. um uh, kids these days don't like my daughter she'll play like five hours of roblox on an ipad with touch controls and i'm just like that looks so bad i don't get how you're doing that um but a lot of people love it i i don't but to me if you have friends over and you want to play a quick round of bomberman or cake bash and you only have three stadia controllers the ability for them to download a stadia app and then play um play those types of games on their phone while 
it's on the TV, four player multiplayer would be really, really great for for that type of use. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not someone that would want to use it out of choice, but in kind of like a uh, an emergency situation where a friend drops by and you want to play games, um, that's a really great service to have. Um, I know there's like the uh, the Intellivision uh, uh, Amico. <laughs> they they're offering an app uh, that comes with two controllers, and if you want to play more multiplayer, instead of buying a new controller that are expensive, you can just use your phone. Um, a lot of services are doing that um, going forward uh, because everybody has a phone with them, and and this is a great way to hopefully solve this problem for a percentage of the people that have that problem, whether it's 100% or not, probably probably way less than 100%. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is good. Um, but Bill, you and I, we're the, we're the olds. Uh, I don't think this stuff is good for us. But kids growing up playing on iPads and phones, uh, they they don't mind. Uh, from what I from people that I've talked to and my kids, they don't mind t- touchscreen controls. Which I just I can't fathom that. But I I'm an old man. <laughs> we are old men. That's correct. All <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of old men, sorry EA CEO. I'm I'm just trying to make a segue. Uh, but I assume that you're probably older than me if you're a CEO of a giant company like EA. Um, right. He was asked uh, about Stadia's struggles, and his response is actually really interesting to me, and it it kind of confirms everything that you and I have said for ages about Stadia. Uh, basically, he was asked, "What what has the the struggles that Stadia has had in the in you know their beginning mm-hmm. changed your mind about supporting cloud gaming?" And here's his his answer. I want to give you the exact quote so people know what he said. He said, "It's early, right? That's okay. That's what happens when you're on the cutting edge. I've actually played some games on Stadia, and I will tell you the game experience is actually pretty good. It's not bad. The issue with Stadia." was that for multiplayer games, it was really hard to find other people to play with early on in the cycle. These games are now social networks. These are not solo experiences that we play in the back of our bedroom or in our basement. We do this with other people. We connect with people around the world. It's just going to take a little bit of time. But what I saw was actually reassuring because there was a lot of goodness in the gameplay, and that's only going to get better what are your thoughts on this i'll let you go first what do you think i think that's a very safe uh pr comment on uh what the limitations um for stadia are uh the the limitation for the most part is there's no one to play with if you're playing a multiplayer game because uh, not that there's no one to play with there's fewer people to play with because Mm -hmm. if you if you launch a fifa game on playstation you're going to have millions of people that are playing it um, uh, on day one, and then you're going to have tens to hundreds of thousands of people that are playing it at pretty much any time of the day. You do the same thing on Stadia, and it's 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 a couple orders of magnitude. Fewer people are playing it at any one time. Um, there is a great solution for this EA uh, CEO. It, it is crossplay. Have crossplay in all your games, and that problem goes away. It doesn't matter where you're playing the game. I'm gonna yeah. You know, I want to jump in here. I feel like. He wouldn't say that if that wasn't the plan. Like, yep. I feel like him saying, like, this answer, you don't say this answer if you don't plan on making sure that games have cross-play, that your games have cross-play. Now, right. I, I don't think that Madden has cross-play, right? Does no. it? Nope. No, it doesn't. Um, I mean, the, the other EA game that we currently have is, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. So obviously that's a single player game, but sure. 
yeah, FIFA and Madden uh, don't have any any crossplay at all um, right. on any of the platforms. Uh, and they could fix that. Even if they just did crossplay between a couple, if they didn't want to pay for it on Sony, uh, have crossplay between Xbox and Stadia. And then yeah. at least you, you'd have a larger pool of people to play with. And you don't have to fork, fork money over to Sony's crazy idea of let's charge uh, convenience, um, which is just so bizarre to me. Uh, and it's not even convenience for the end user. It's convenience for the developers. It just seems odd that they would charge the developers money to bring crossplay to it when no one else does it. So just make it so you can play between PC, Xbox, Stadia, and leave it that way. And then the Sony people can um, complain uh, or not, whatever. Uh, you, you can do whatever you choose. But uh, if a lot of people complain, maybe this weird idea that we don't want to do cross-play. So to, dis, uh, to discourage developers from doing it, we're going to charge them money for everybody that plays on the service that isn't a PlayStation gamer. Um, ridiculous. And hopefully that goes away soon. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. My guess is that moving forward, you like EA games have to have crossplay. For him to say that, that's like saying that's like saying this is a problem, and we're going to perpetuate that problem. That's like getting up <laughs> right. on stage and saying we know that people don't <laughs> like it when their house is burned down, and you've got like go right a there. gasoline in one hand and a lighter in the other and you're like okay that just seems like a weird thing to say when you have games that don't have cross play so they've got to right. implement cross play do they go back and patch the older games or is it only the games moving forward and i think it's probably only the games moving forward yeah, I, I would assume to to add crossplay to a current gen game, that's a huge architectural change and programming change across all the platforms. Um, I I don't see that uh, unless they are unless it's just as easy as Bungie, where you flip a switch and crossplay is enabled because they wrote their server software in a way to um, expect that at some point in the future. Um, yeah, I would I would assume that it would just be newer games going forward, if anything. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on from one company that I really despise to another company <laughs> that I really despise, uh, and that is not Unit 2 Games. I like Unit 2 Games a lot. Krata is a really cool game that I didn't fall in love with because the making of the games was way too hard for me because I'm not a programmer. Um yep. They, they, they kind of said, hey, look, this is something anybody can do. And it felt like that was real, but I still ran into these stumbling blocks and couldn't really do right. the, the cool stuff that I wanted to do without learning Lua code. And I didn't have, have time to really devote to that. Uh, they've been acquired by Facebook Gaming. Now, I don't like Facebook. I despise Facebook. I don't use Facebook um, because I like I don't have an in, I have an Instagram, but I don't use it. I have a Facebook page, but I don't use it. Yeah, I don't use Facebook. I think they're a terrible company. I'm happy that Unit Two Games is going to have a whole bunch of money to work on their project, but yeah. I'm sad that it's coming from Facebook. So. Uh, yeah. what are your thoughts on this? I'm, I'm saying this as somebody who has an Oculus Quest 2 downstairs. My son has one, <laughs> uh, and I'm probably going to buy one as well because it's awesome. Cool. Uh, when yeah. I've, I've played his and it was like, oh my God, this is insanely cool. 
Um, what do you think about this acquisition? And the reason why I'm talking about it on StadiaCast is because there were people who were like, is Facebook going to yank Krata from Stadia? And I'm going to say right now, absolutely not. That's a revenue stream and Facebook wants revenue. So there's no way that they're going to yank uh-huh. it. But go ahead, Lloyd. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's I think it's great for Unit 2. Um, they, as you said, they have um, they have a, a deep, deep pocketed uh, owner now that can dig into their pocket to grab cash if they want to do something. Um, I, I saw a lot of people across uh, the Stadia community saying, oh, this is great. You're not going to be able to make your own games on Facebook and and do all this fun stuff. And I, I don't I don't quite I don't quite agree with that. I don't think this is a way to make making games on Facebook easier. What I think this could be, uh, I think this could be a long play by Facebook. They see how Roblox is one of the biggest um, content uh, generation for money uh, um, services out there. Uh, Roblox makes a bajillion dollars a year, and people that are making stuff for Roblox make a bajillion bucks a year. Um, well, maybe not less than a bajillion, uh, maybe just a jillion uh, bucks a year. The the buh is gone. Uh, that That's in Roblox creator's uh, pocket. Um, and I think that that is going to be one of the biggest battlegrounds in the future is making their own um, interconnected world where people create content and sell it. And um, the people that own it are going to get little, um, little, little chunks. They're going to get percentages. They're going to get the rounding errors on the dollar, uh, just like if they were in office space. Um, so I think what they they see Krata is is an easy way for people to create games similar to like Bloxburg and other things that are that live inside of uh, of of that. Like my daughter plays Bloxburg all the time. She buys these little clothing units and and things with in game currency or the um, the actual currency that you have to buy. She she loves that. Her friends love that. And I I see Facebook wanting to own their own service um, like Roblox. And I think buying Krata might be their, um, their I don't know, turbo, turbo speed development plan to get into a service like that where um, people and developers can make things, sell them, and people can use in-game currency or, or real money to buy this stuff. And Facebook continues to collect uh, all of the uh, all of all of the data points so that they can uh, sell all of your personal data uh, every possible way that they can because that's what Facebook does and also collect a, a percentage across the top uh, for everybody that is playing this stuff so for me I think it's a long play to complete to compete with Roblox um, that they want to live on the Facebook platform yeah and but it's it's not gonna be taken off of uh there's no, no way they're I, I don't take it off of Stadia. That would be no, ridiculous. I, I think um, I, I think this game like Krata is going to live where it lives already. So it's going to be on PC. It's going to be on Stadia. That's going to be a service. Uh, but I could see the next Krata will be kind of like the next Roblox. It'll be this bigger thing that people can uh, sign into, and it will be it'll be something additional, not replacing what we currently have. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's move on to the anything else, anything in the news that we didn't hit before we um, move on to crowdplay. There is a crap ton of sales going on right now. Oh. If you check the sales, um, whether if you're a Stadia Pro member or not, there's some really great games like uh, Ari and the Secret of the Seasons is on for 14 bucks. Uh, Celeste is down to $10 if you have Stadia Pro. Uh, Super Hot 
both the original and mind control delete are ten dollars and fourteen or fifteen dollars if you have stadia pro all the dark side detective games are on sale um there there is just a crap ton of sales for some really great games right now uh, disco elysium's on sale for 40 bucks if you have stadia pro so some really really amazing games are on sale right now so check all that stuff out Ooh, legend of keepers is uh on sale for 15 bucks right now yeah. That game looks great. Um, oh, you yeah. loved Spirit Fair. Workshop. Yeah, Spirit Fair is a really great game, and that is on sale right now for uh, $20, $19.49 if you have Stadia Pro. Um, so some really great, great deals going on right now. Go check them out. Um, the Dark Side Detective Chapter 1 I love. Uh, I can't wait to get back into that one and then pick up the second one, and it's available now for like 10 bucks, which is ridiculous. Yeah. All right, let's look at the um, the super chats that came in earlier. Uh, thank you very much for everybody who supports us that way. Uh, Jay Dangle sent in a five dollar super chat with no message. Thank you very much for the support, Jay Dangle. And then Justin sent in a ten dollar super chat. They said Google Stadia could do something like Game Pass Ultimate. Pay one monthly fee to have Stadia Pro, Ubisoft Pro, Ubisoft Plus, and another service like EA Play. When it comes to Stadia, um, I think that that would be great. Uh, I'd love Good. the fact that like a watered down version of EA Play came with my Game Pass subscription. I think that that's really good. And I think that like that's like the idea of doing like a watered down version of Ubisoft Plus included in your subscription for yeah. for uh, for to Stadia Pro like that would not only get people to try these games, but yeah. they would also then like, maybe they would say, Oh, okay, well here's this one game that's part of Ubisoft plus, but it's not part of that. So maybe I will subscribe to Ubisoft plus because it gets me, you know, game X, Y, and Z instead of a, B and C. Right. Yeah. Imagine like we get four, four stadia games or three stadia games a month as part of pro, but we also get access to one or two Ubisoft games and one or two EA games every month uh, that rotates every month. So you, or maybe you only get a week's access, some, some weird thing, but just a way to then have people able to play these games that they don't already own with a discount to buy it. Um, if, if you don't already own it, that's one of the best things about game pass. If you're playing a game and it's about to get removed from the service, there are always deals to buy it, whether it's 10% off, 20% off, 50% off, there's always a deal. Um, the problem with uh, a service like that competing with uh, Game Pass, it's going to be really hard to do. Game Pass is like 17 bucks a month in Canada. Um, yeah. uh, Pro Pro itself is, uh, what, $13.99 in Canada, I think. I think it's 4 bucks more than the US. I think it's $13.99 or maybe it's $12.99. I don't remember. It just comes off my credit card and I don't even think about it. Um, that's really close to that price already. So uh, they can't, they don't have lots of wiggle room to add more services without um, adding more price to it, which then makes it likely that people are going to jump aboard it uh, or jump on board to it. Uh, I, I I love the idea, though, uh, any sort of any sort of service with Stadia that brings more games and gets more people playing to me is a win. Um, and I, I really am hopeful that we do get EA Play kind of stuff thrown into it. Um, maybe some other services um, with other other smaller publishers that maybe want to publish all their stuff for uh, like five bucks a month or whatever. Um, that's the beauty about Stadia is it allows for that kind of freedom because you're not you're not selling physical things in stores. You're not doing any of that stuff that you're not going to piss off um, a partner that you have with, say, GameStop 
because you're part, joining the service because there there is no physical way to buy these games. So a, a lot of the uh, a, a lot of the um, corporate uh, boardroom arguing it just doesn't really happen on Stadia. So uh, I'm hopeful that in the future there's going to be a bunch of different publishers that will have service offerings with low cost subscriptions uh, to to play their games, and that seems like a win going forward. So hopefully that happens. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Consino sent in a super chat for the for ten bucks. Thank you very much, Consino. We appreciate the support. Uh, they said the best thing for Stadia right now, in my opinion, would to be get would be to get Stadia on Google TV slash Chromecast, uh, the the new Google TV, uh, pre-installed. I figured we'd have it by now. Fingers crossed. While I do think that it's, uh, that, well, okay. They said the first half of the year. First half of the year is almost over, so it's got to be soon. It's got to be soon. Um, while I want that very badly, I don't think it's going to make much of an impact on Stadia overall right now. Uh, in the future, absolutely. But right now, I mean, it's a brand new device. People already had set-top boxes. You tend to get a new set-top box when it does something new. The Google TV with Chromecast doesn't really do anything new. Um, so I think that getting people to convert from, like, it doesn't have a large install base, is what I'm trying to say. Um, right. Will it in the future? Probably. It's $50. It's super, super cheap. Um, right. So I think that that's, I think that if it had a large install base, then yes, that, that would make a big difference. But right now, you put Stadia on there, and most of the people who would care would be, or just be like, "Yes, I can unhook my Chromecast Ultra." <laughs> exactly. I, I chatted about this in our our Discord at our, um what is it uh, nerdnest.tv slash Discord. I think that forwards over. Maybe. Um, and we were chat we were chatting about this stuff, and uh, when they said that it will be available in the first half of the year, um, this was just after them coming out and saying that we're not pre-announcing things anymore. So I thought they said first half of the year, that's just a smokescreen. It's going to be out shortly. Uh, but they didn't want people to keep asking every week if that's that feature is here. Um, but then it looks like it is taking the first half of the year. So maybe they did need that time. Hopefully that is something that comes really soon because I do think that will be huge. Both the physical TV support where it's going to be built into uh, Google TV TVs is going to be huge. Uh, but also having an app on your Chromecast with Google TV and your Shield Pro um, mm-hmm. devices and all the other Android TV devices that you might have. Um, that is going to be huge, and that has to happen soon. I, I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Obviously, there's a reason. Uh, they need more development time, uh, but hopefully that drops really soon because I can see that being uh, huge. And it's going to make... Uh, I, I have three three boxes hanging off of one of my TVs. It's going to be completely replaced by a Chromecast or Google TV once uh, Stadia support is part of it. Mm-hmm. Although I don't, I don't really use mine anymore. Um it's just so slow. Like it's a slow device, but it's $50. So I can't complain, you know, it's got a great remote. The assistant works awesome. Uh, but whenever I go to load something up, like it takes two seconds for all the pictures to show up. It's just a very, very slow Mm -hmm. device, but for $50, you cannot go wrong with that. I just already happened. Like I bought it thinking that I would replace my Apple TV with it. And I ended up going back to my Apple TV because the Apple TV is like lightning fast and the Google TV yeah. is 
really, really slow, but right. you get what you pay for. Like $50 is a ridiculously good price for that. It's it is like you could buy the new Apple remote for your Apple TV for <laughs> $60. And that doesn't yeah. come with a thing. Like there's a reason why I think that the Google TV is going to be absolutely massive yep. just slowly because people I, don't replace these things all the time unless they're tech enthusiasts. I think I got eight comments uh, when I was saying uh, about the last um, Apple press announcement thing. And I was like, oh, they announced some really great products. And I think I got eight comments saying, yeah, a remote that is more expensive than the the Chromecast or Google TV. And I'm like, oh my God, they're different. They're different things. People can people can enjoy different things, people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, $50 is, is kind of impulse buy pricing for people. So if you... In the future, if they put Stadia on the box and you, you see that you can you can watch Apple TV Plus stuff, you can watch Hulu stuff, you can watch Netflix and and all that other stuff, plus play play games on Stadia built into this thing for $50, I think a lot of people are going to jump on that bandwagon. So this is going to be huge for the propagation of Stadia in the future. Uh, I'm just surprised that it hasn't actually happened yet. I will also say, and you're right, it should, like, it needs to happen faster. Um, I will also say, I think that the install base for the Google TV is lower than would normally have happened because mm -hmm. stores were closed and people can't, like, people still don't go to stores very much. So you don't go into the store and you see this $50 box. The only yep. way that that people know about this thing is because they go to Google's website. Nobody does that. Like that's yeah. the kind of thing that over time when things get back to normal, um, like you're going to see an uptick in people picking up these impulse buy items like you were just saying. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's going to happen over time. Uh, we're just in weird times right now with uh, COVID shutdowns and some in lots of parts of the world still uh, all that stuff will go away. Um, and yeah, I can see the, Chromecast Google TV, the Sabrina being an impulse buy thing. And I can I can envision a future where there's a Stadia logo just just stamped right on the box so people know that they can get uh, gaming built into this little $50 device. And that might uh, change a few minds for people that maybe don't want to buy it. And initially, they see the fact that they can play modern games on it um, and they'll, they'll get excited for that. Right. And then on top of that, you also have it coming to... Um... I forget which brand it was. Was it LG TVs like uh, built in or was it something else? It was, I think Samsung and LG both announced that they're doing it. I can't remember which one is supposed to come out first. I mean, most, I don't recall. most of the time, anytime that I've used like the, the TV operating system, it's always mm -hmm. been a, a disaster and a chore and slow and sluggish. Right. Uh, but the fact that you don't have to plug anything into your, your TV that's pretty compelling too. And I think that that Definitely. sells a lot of people. Maybe I'm just a snob when it comes to <laughs> how fast I want to see the Kaminsky method show up on my screen when I turn on the screen and it like, it says the the name of the show on the bottom, but then I can't see the picture yet. Like when I, when right. I have to wait for three seconds, like that bothers me. I, I assume that I am one of those weird outliers and everybody else is a normal person that just is okay with waiting three seconds in right. order to get it to work. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for today's episode of StadiaCast. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out with us. And uh, if you haven't already, do me a favor. Right down below, 
Uh, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, click on the like button. It helps. If you want to support our show, uh, if you're here with us live, there's the super chat feature. There's the join button. And if you're not here with us live, there's an applaud button. You can use that as well to, uh, to support the show. We really do appreciate it. Uh, and finally, uh, we are here. I don't think I said this at the beginning of the show. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. So if you want to be here with us for the live show, Sunday morning, 10 a.m., nerdnest.tv. Lloyd? That's right. It's been awesome talking to you, man. I'll see you it's next time. It's been great. Time. I see you next time, everybody. Uh, have a great week, and we'll, we'll go, go play some games. And remember, uh, look for my stream announcement on Tuesday for Blue Fire. I'll be giving away a copy of the game to someone in attendance. Bye, everyone. Later.